Football debates, hot takes, and analysis our way. With compas and a carne asada, this is Football Asada. Welcome home. What's up, boys? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Football Asada. We're back after the disastrous, disastrous weekend, that fateful uh, Thursday night. Um, we have a very special guest today, Martin Del Palacio, joining us all the way from Barcelona. What's up, Martin? How are you, man? I'm fine. I'm fine. How about you guys? Good, good. good. I'm still trying to get over it. Chris still looks like he's battle-worn. Looks like he's uh, <laughs> he's come back from war after Thursday, <laughs> but uh, we're surviving. Um, you know, just trying to get through that, that, uh, disastrous stuff. But I mean, what, what a week, I mean, not even Thursday, but just what's happened between now and the moment we're recording this Tuesday morning, um, so much stuff that's happened. I don't even know where to start. Well, I do know where to start, but uh, I want to know what you guys think about all that's happened, you know, from there to now. For me, it's, it was started off negative, but now it's turned into a positive because Diego Coca is gone and. (laughs) <laughs> that 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 gonna change my mood on everything. I felt like obviously I didn't think I didn't think we we're gonna beat the U.S. Especially after I saw the leaked lineups and he's gonna bench our best players like Santi Jimenez, uh, Johan Vasquez, Arteaga, players that should be automatic starters. As far as like the games, like I was not surprised how they went at all. Third place is probably what we should have finished. But then I'm I'm glad I saw an empty stadium after the third place game. Kind of like. I think people are fed up. I'm fed up. I don't think I'm going to go to a game anytime soon. And as far as Diego Coca being fired, I mean, like that's just he ne- for he honest. Let's let's be honest. He never deserved to be given the job. Like out of the most realistic candidates, like Almada and Bielsa and all these other guys that were like supposedly in the mix, for me he was like kind of like the last option. And the fact that he's gone already, I think, is a good thing. Like. Especially because he lost the locker room so early, bro. Like, like uh, there was rumors after the game that he went to go talk to the team on the field, and they just ignored him and walked past him. And they already they're already having like meetings and like arguments and whatever um, with the team in the locker room. I think he already lost the locker room like not even seven games in. I mean, he only won what two games Guatemala against in Surin- and Suriname. I mean, he he just showed he wasn't qualified. Like, I, I don't know. I, that's so I see that as a positive. I'm I'm actually like kind of excited now to watch the Gold Cup, and when I wasn't like. Two days ago. Well, that's why they do it. That's why they did it to to make people excited again. Well, it, it was it was part of it. But I think um, I think the the most important part of of this is not. I mean, Coca is out, and uh, that's I, I also think that's a positive. But there is um, there's way bigger forces uh, working behind all this. Like this uh, this decision is. Uh, more or less the end of Iraragorri and Orlegi as as major forces in in Mexican soccer in the Mexican Federation and in the control of the of the national teams. So I'm happy for that. <laughs> no, I mean Coca, I think he did what he could with what he had. He was not very good. We didn't expect anybody. I don't, I don't think any anybody expected expected him to be very good. He he wasn't. We with this um, player talent pool, we need a Bielsa kind of. Of coach, not not uh, not Coca, not Ambriz, not Jimmy Lozano, uh, but well, we didn't have that. So so yeah, so, as you said, it was not unexpected. I didn't I didn't think Mexico were gonna lose three 0 Like that's 
that was bad. Uh, but but I I wasn't very hopeful for this match. But I think uh, the important thing is that um, Iraragorri, who was the one who was who who tried to fo- to to switch to to switch the focus of the Mexican national team to only make money and not like take care of the sporting things, the fact that he's out and that Juan Carlos Rodriguez, the new uh, commissioner, seem, seems to be. I mean, I, I know him from before. Uh, he's he's a very capable man. Uh, he's he's a clever guy. And uh, he seems to be in charge now. I think that's that's the good news. Like having having Jimmy, I think it's good. The players know him. They played under him in Tokyo. They were good. Uh, I think that's that's good news. But the fact that inner changes in the Mexican Federation, I think that's the real good news here. Yeah, no, I just say it, it's huge. I think uh, the the biggest thing getting kind of like at the end of the Tata Martino era, and even you know that little brief period of time where we were we didn't know who the next coach was. I think, like Martin said, all those forces at play really showed out and it was really like exposed to the public just how this national team is run because you had a whole week where, you know, you had Bielsa and Almada and then all of a sudden, you know, the owners of, of a specific group of teams came and said, well, no, this is your new coach. And everyone just kind of looked around and said, oh, well, I, I guess he's our new coach. And we ended up with Diego Coca. And I think that just goes back to what you were saying, Chris, like, I don't think I don't really think um, there was really much conversation, and uh, the FMS new president said himself there was no, you know, with firing also uh, uh, Ares de Praga, like there was no planification. There was like even even like the logistics of being in Vegas for Mexico was horrible. They would have to go like they would go train like forty five minutes away, train and then drive another forty five minutes back. It was like three hours just to train, and it was just like a whole mess. So, uh, yeah, I think it just shows that, like, it's hopefully it's a change. It's a change. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, going forward now, like, I don't mind Jimmy Lozano being the interim. Like, um, I think he's fine. Like I said, like, he knows a lot of the players from the Olympics. And like I said about like how Martin was saying, I think the big changes are, like, what's going on within the Federation. But as far as, like, the coaching change, I don't know. If, no, no matter how well he does in the Gold Cup, I don't think Jimmy Lozano should be the like the head coach, just because I don't think he's, I think Mexico, we're not doing good right now, but I think we're big enough of a team where we should be getting a qualified coach who's like, has years of experience or something. Like Jimmy Lozano, he's, I, he just started coaching what a couple of years ago and he was with uh, with Necaxa and I uh, forgot who who was before that, but like he, he's still, he's still like on the come up, but I don't think he should be like the manager yet. I would give it to like someone, like I said, like Bielsa, well, he's already, he's already with Uruguay, but like someone like of that like status. I think I think Mexico's like an intriguing enough job. I feel like there's enough money there to get someone like proven. I heard I've heard, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how like how true this is, but I've heard names like Luis Enrique thrown in the mix and I know he doesn't have a job right now. I know people are gonna be like, Oh my god, he's not Mexican, but it's like first of all, it w- me, I would be honored if he even looked our way. Like this guy has coached Barcelona in Spain. Like and like, of course Barcelona. I don't think that's uh a... Yeah, but like he ended up at Atlanta United, bro. Like like <laughs> he was at the end. Luis, Enri- Luis Enrique won won a Champions League with Barcelona, whereas Tata Martino didn't win anything. I think I think there is there is a difference. Yeah, and then not only that, like you you've seen that I mean, not to like hype up Luis Enrique because I don't know I don't know if there's anything there. I just heard his name. I don't know if there's actually anything. No, it it was actually me. Uh, that I'm I'm responsible for this. Uh I I floated the idea that it was a it, it'll be uh, yeah, a good idea to to look for him, and then some other people like echoed it, 
Uh, but no, it seems it seems unlikely because he's in conversations with uh, Paris Saint Germain, and yeah, they're they're gonna outbeat us in <laughs> like even even with our best offer. But there's like there's literally like dozens of coaches of good coaches out there. Like we need to think sometimes outside of the box. Uh, like uh, well, the the Mexican the Mexican Federation needs to think what could be a good profile for Mexico, which coach could be good. Uh, it, it doesn't matter for me. It doesn't matter nationality. I think like we need someone good, like really good, whoever that is. No matter if he's Italian or French or Spanish or Argentinian. Well, Argentinian probably not. But if if they give me Gallardo, I'll I'll sign. I'll sign Gallardo oh, yeah, right yeah. now. You know. Really? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I I think I think uh, that's that's the job that the national uh, the federation has to have has to do now. And like I am hundred percent sure that Jimmy Lozano is not gonna be the coach. They have said the word interino in like uh, in the in the press release in the um, Bomba Rodriguez uh, speech. Then Ibarcis Niega gave an interview and he said interino like eight times. So he is an interino. Like they, they're trying to make sure. Even Cisniega said that he could be part of the next process, but not as a coach. So he's not gonna be. Yeah, like the, the reason I, I, the reason I was saying Enriquez or uh, Luis Enrique or someone at least of that style because he proved like to be the total opposite of Martino for the World Cup. Like Luis Enrique, like I said, I don't know. Like this is like it might be a one percent chance, but just just to bring this, just to bring this up, he like called up like a super young squad for the World Cup. Like he's like he didn't care about age. He didn't care about seniority. He's like, this is the best player right now. I'm going to take him. I'm pretty sure he took like Alejandro Valde, like from Barcelona. Who like, and, and and that would never in a million years happen with Mexico. Like, like if Jesus Gallardo got injured, like for the before the World Cup, they were never going to call up Omar Campos. Even though he probably should have. He was like the number one, probably the best left back in Liga MX. They would have called up like, like, I don't know, like Cata Dominguez or something. Even though he plays on the right, they would have called him up instead. They would have called up a guy with like, Who's like a million? They would have called him Javier Aquino, but like, like uh, I saw Luis Enrique. He called up a super young team. He's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking Ramos. I'm not taking this guy. I'm not taking whatever. I'm, I'm not taking all these guys that have like established seniority. Like, I, I like that. I like the like he didn't care about age. Or oh, we need a manager like that, whether it's him or not. A manager that's like age does not matter. I even Edson Alvarez said it earlier uh, this week. Like in in Mexico, we treat seventeen year olds like. Like they're they're completely incapable, but like in other leagues, in tougher leagues, harder leagues like France, uh, England, Spain, they're like starters out there, and they have they have uh, teams have no problem. But like so, like let me give you an example. So you know how Mexico U twenty three just played Spain U twenty three like in a in a friendly. Uh, what was it last week? I I did a little investigating on that on that Spanish team, like that Spanish team that that starting eleven had like. A combined like over almost twenty thousand minutes of first division ball like this season like just this, just this season like were starters like on their teams and they're all super young and like I was looking at Mexico squad and it was like the complete opposite maybe it's like two guys who like will start the rest of them were like second division players or bench players and we took the game to them like we played well that 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 game like it it, it was a very good performance by the Mexican national team so yeah there is some talent there for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we need to like trust more like young guys in Liga MX. Like, I I, I look I look at some teams, man. I'm, I'm like, why does this team like, why like honestly, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but like if you look at like a team like Querétaro, Querétaro has zero ambition of like like ever make winning a title or making a liguilla. Yet like they're starting like now Nahuel Pan and like 
Pablo Barrera and just like guys who are like are like 35 years old. I'm like, you're you're really telling me there's not like a Liga, like a like a young player like in their academy or they can't like get one on loan from another team. Like just like to start them and play them. I think I think that's like the outside of the coaching stuff, I think that's the biggest issue. Like why Mexico doesn't progress. Like we'll have a U we'll have a U seventeen team be like champions, world champions or top three, a U twenty team finish like whatever, like uh like top three in the world. And then they come back to Liga MX. They don't get a shot until they're like 21 years old. And if they mess up for two games, they're like, oh, let's get them out. Like, let me give you an example. Emilio Lara, in his first in his first full season as a pro, Emilio Lara for America, he became a starter at America. He was good at two different positions. He was like amazing. He was like one of the best players like on their team that first season when he was 20. All of a sudden, he makes like one mistake in the Liga. And then the following season, he has like two, three bad games. And everyone's like, nah, he, he needs to go. We need to get Kevin Alvarez, bring in bringing uh, Diego Barbosa, we need to, we need to, we need to start Layun again. It's like, bro, it's like, he's 20. Like, he's going to make mistakes. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, like this guy was like, he even got called up to the national team. I feel like that's what happens with young players. Like, they, they, we don't give them like a, a chance in the world. Like, they will have a run of whole season doing good. And then they make one mistake. It's like, all right, now put him to the bench. They're not ready. And then they w- we have to wait until they're 23. And then the ones that do are good enough. We overprice them and put like, price tags that are just unrealistic and we're not like a proven market we're not brazil where we've proven that like we have elite talent in the world like so i don't don't, there's just so many things wrong that need to change and hopefully that that does now with the new uh i guess federation change i guess you could say i mean like i just like i was talking about that spain game specifically like i i honestly don't see why a player like fidel ambris should not be considered for the senior team like you take out Edson Alvarez, and we don't have another CDM that I can say like with with like, sh- like sure enough, like oh this guy should be below Edson Alvarez, or this guy could could even rival Edson Alvarez at some point. And like you know, we're over here giving Ambris like U twenty three minutes, but he just started in a Concacaf Champions League final against a. He's a champion, and he scored in a semifinal. Like he's like capable of playing in big games. Yeah, I think that that's a huge one. That that's definitely the huge thing at play here. And there's like so many other players that are part of that U23 team or part of like younger teams, and and you you just kind of look like, well, why don't they get a shot if the Vacas Sagradas, which everybody knows who they are in the Mexican national team, you know, get chance after chance after chance after chance, especially like players like Antuna who. Beats me why he's starting a Nations League semifinal against the best team in Concacaf. Yeah, that that that's that's to me the most baffling piece of the puzzle here. It's difficult to know also, uh, because like you see, like coaches change and uh, they keep on calling the same pool of players. So there's something there I have to say. And and usually when uh, when uh, fans ask for some names, you know, like oh yeah, let's play Aldo Rocha. And yeah, he's playing well, but then three three months uh, later, he disappears. You no, know? so yeah, there is a reason why they don't call these players. This said, I do think that in Mexico there is uh, an absurd fear of playing the youngsters. Like I don't understand. There's not even rele- relegation in the league. Exactly. Like, what, like what? What is the point? <laughs> like I, I when, you know, when they when they canceled the relegation, I thought, well, at least now there's not there's there they, they won't have any pressure and they will be able to play the the youngsters. And it's not happening. It's not happening. I, I just don't understand. Like, you get these uh, Mazatlan or Querétaro teams that actually, like, suck. And they still play, the like, all these old players. Like, and you get in, in Querétaro, they had, they had this, um, they, they had a couple of, of under, 20, under 23 players in this national team. 
and then uh, Maslan has Andres Montaño, who's uh, pretty good. So why why don't they use them more and they they give them the chance? Like who cares at this point? Like they don't have to. Like they're not even paying the fines when they go down. So like what what is the risk there? Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. Like especially this is a funny example. I saw Hovenes tweet this one time. So Mazatlan, I think it was the first game of the season this year. They debuted a 19-year-old, and he scored on his debut. After he was a forward. He scored on his debut. He never played again this season. They sent him to the U-20s. It's like you see a 19-year-old scores on his debut for a team that, like you said, they're they're horrible. They finished, like, I think, dead last or second to last. And he scores on his debut, and you never hear from him again. It was like the, like, it, 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 There's too many examples of that. Let me give you another. Like, this is one of the, that stands out to me a lot. So, Eriberto Jurado from Necaxa, winger. Uh, he had a great tournament, uh, the Maurice Trevejo tournament, by the way. But he he debuted, and the the very next season as a 17-year-old, he got, like, close to 900 minutes in the league. Necaxa, immediately, that next transfer window, they buy, like, Edgar Mendes, and they just buy a bunch of players in his position. All of a sudden, his minutes dropped, like, the very next season to, like, Two three hundred when he was actually doing very well, so it's like I don't understand. Like and the Caxa still the same, still at the same place they were as a, this term before. Yeah, like they they didn't improve nothing. They just like they just basically took minutes away from him for like absolutely no reason. It made like I don't know. It would like I said, there's too many examples of that, and I think that's like the main main for me. That's the main main issue like that and like the the overpricing of players stopping them from going to Europe because I don't know if it, like. Mexico's not going to, we're already proving right now, like, we're not going to be a good team just with half of our lineup being from the Liga MX. And not just Liga MX. I don't even think we're playing the best players from Liga MX. I think we could all agree, like, Omar Campos is probably the, one of the best left backs in Mexico. I don't think he has a single cap. Marcel Ruiz was doing great for Nacho Ambriz this season. For Toluca, again, he played, like, five minutes against Suriname. That's it. There's, just, like, tons of examples I could think of, but... I think that's the main thing. That's what we need to change the most. Because if not, like I said, the coaching won't matter. Like if we're still going to be calling up the same guys, like it's not like if Luis Enrique were to come in, he's not going to make, he's not going to make Jesus Gallardo, um, Roberto Carlos. Like that's not going to happen. Like <laughs> so that it, like, I don't know. We we need we need to look. And also one thing that Mexico hasn't done, I don't think they've done it in my lifetime. We've never had like a project that's like two cycles, like eight years. It's always just been like three four years and that's it like once the once the world cup ends that coach is like gone i feel we need to look like long term like like kind of like start from scratch and yeah like kind of go from there yeah i mean we have time and at the same time we don't have time uh like um we have three years but three years might not be enough but still like it is possible to 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 do something with this time you know it's it's not um it's not the end of the world. Like we, we can't remember. We, we all like. I, I, I maybe you are too young for for this, but I, I do remember when La Volpe uh, took the helm in two thousand and two. He said, like, I have, I have all these veteran players, but uh, I know already. I, I, I know them already. Like, I, we need new players. So I'm gonna like play these new players, this Salcido, Osorio, uh, Massa Rodriguez, uh, who nobody like took seriously as as national team players and they made him, they like they they made them uh, really good national team players so uh, we 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 need something like this you know uh, like some some coach not la volpe anymore like he's now not like he's too old but like someone like him who who 
who can like prepare these uh, these players and uh, and make them good enough so they can they can compete because that's that will be the uh, our structure for 2030 like we we're now we we don't have to think just in four years like because we don't have the talent to like compete compete so we need to think in like seven years in advance uh, and, and actually what martin no what martin just said is is i think spot on like i think sometimes we also just have to look at what we have realistically and, and see like what can we do with this pool of players and like how much can we achieve realistically and yeah like I'll also just have the right person to do that because if we like if we bring in, you know, everyone we ask for and, you know, Heriberto Jurado comes in and Fidel Ambriz and all these players come in. But we we also got to look at like what we're up against, which actually kind of segues into what I want to ask you guys, because we have been talking for almost 30 minutes now about what's wrong with Mexico and Liga Mex and, you know, all these things. But up north, we have our biggest rival who, to me, to be honest, from what I saw on Thursday, just like decimated us completely, 100%. And I said on on the podcast that we hopped on in uh, in Vegas, Chris, with uh, the Lats Footy Show, that the three zero was a result of Mexico being horrible. And let me reiterate that I think that three zero is a result of Mexico being horrible, but it doesn't take away that the U.S. is, to me, just like a completely different monster now. Like they've kind of matured. That this this young team that we saw in 2019 that played against Mexico in 2019, where where Jonathan Santos you know, be a young McKinney, Pulisic, Dest, has matured now into just like a formidable beast. And I think I need to ask you guys this question. Like, Mexico has regressed, that's obvious, but has the U.S. just gotten better? Like, is the U.S. now, with this win, six games, uh, you know, Mexico six game winless against the U.S., have they, like, cemented themselves as a top dog in the nation, or in, in, the, in the region, in Congress? Well, I, I think they are clearly the top dog in the Conca in Concacaf. Like I, I think there's there's no doubt about it. Are they much better? I mean, they're better than before. That's for that's for sure. But if you see where these players play and the seasons they had in Europe uh, this uh, this year, like it's not very good. Like they're just not very good. The thing is that we are terrible. <laughs> like they like if, yeah. If if we're talking like on a worldwide scale, so this American. Uh, is, is this American team better than the Netherlands? No. Better than Croatia? No. Better than France or Germany or England or Spain or not, not not even close. Like they're better than Japan? Probably not. But better than us? They are better than us. That's for sure. 100%. Because we are just not a good team right now. Yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing. Like I agree that the U.S. is like by far and away the best team in the region right now, especially because like they even dismantled Canada like 2-0. I don't even think Canada was even in that game. Which is like their other rival, but the way I'm thinking of it is like I'm I don't I don't think of it as like man the U S is so great I think of it as damn Mexico is so bad because in my opinion the U S they're like this team right now the U S they're still like just a round of sixteen exit team like that that's their level like so if Mexico wants to make a quarterfinal a quinto partido they're gonna have to beat a team way better than the U S team so I just showed you how far we are we're, we're losing three zero to the team we haven't beat them in six games but there's like to want to make a quinto partido, we're going to need to beat a team that, like, would smash that U.S. team. Like, that's the way I see it. I, I don't think, the, like, how Martin was saying, like, based on talent, the U.S. is probably maybe 15, 16 around in the world, maybe. Like, there's a lot of, like, and then they just hired a coach that nobody likes. So I don't know. I don't know how much that's going to that's gonna hinder them. But 
like I said, I, I see it more as like Mexico's like in the mud more than I see the U.S. is like emerging as, an, as a giant team. Because like I said, you look at like, like you, yes, they're better than us 100%. But like if, if I'm France or if I'm Germany, if I'm Netherlands, if I'm Belgium, if I'm Italy, I'm not looking at the U.S. and saying like, like, oh my God, they have Christian Pulisic who had one goal all season for Chelsea. Like I'm, I'm super scared. Like they're gonna beat us. Like no, like nobody, none of those big teams are doing. That. Like I mean, I think that's just a talent gap overall. I, you know what I don't understand is, I, I see USA fans kind of just like bring me Conmebol. I'm like, oh, like I don't think you guys want Conmebol. Like, look, at Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay. Like, cause the US, e- even even in Concacaf, they can't even win away from home. Like they 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 don't win like they every every game they kind of win is like at home like when they go to Mexico they they draw they lose in Costa Rica they draw in El Salvador they were losing at halftime to Honduras in that one uh, that one qualifier they drew in Jamaica like in the friendlies they had before the World Cup they drew Saudi Arabia they drew they lost to Japan in the World Cup when they beat Iran one zero that was their first win outside of the United States like. I think the entire year, like 2022, that was their only win away from home in 2022. So, like I said, I, I, I don't think the U.S. is that good, which worries me more for Mexico because I'm like, I don't think they're that good, and they just destroyed us. So I see, like, if we have any ambition of making a quinto part, and it's not like, oh, we're going to be at home for the World Cup 2026, we're hosting it, we should do fine, we should, like, we should make a quinto partido. I don't even see it that way because we were the home team in Vegas. And we got like destroyed. I don't think you are the home team when you are not at home. At home, like you have the fans, but it's not the same. It's not the same, but like we still kind of have the crowd advantage. Yeah, but Qatar, Qatar were at home last World Cup and they get they got trashed the three games. So like that 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 doesn't guarantee anything to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, on the other hand, I mean, I think if we play the US with a good coach, even with this same pool of players, with a good coach, with the, the right system, uh, with the right preparation, we're not going to lose every every game 3-0. Like, I, that, that, that's the thing. Like, it, it, like it was the perfect storm uh, for them to, to trust us, but I don't think that's the difference between the two teams. They are better than us, that's for sure. They have, they're more talented than us, than, than us. But we've seen inferior teams play to the level of better teams. And we've, we've seen Mexico play to the level of better teams. Time and again, like we played, uh, we drew against Italy twice in the World Cup. We beat Germany. We beat France. We uh, we were close to beating to beating Argentina in, in 2006. And we drew to Brazil in, in Brazil. Like, it is possible. The thing is, now we are bad. Can we get better? Yeah, we can, for sure. I think uh, what people forget, and a lot of people, especially, I know a lot of, you know, especially us three, spend a lot of time on Twitter. And what people forget on Twitter is that, you know, soccer or football is, is it's it's about cycles. And there's going to be cycles where this team is better and there's going to be cycles where this team is better. You know, there's, there's uh, if you look at club football, there's cycles where Real Madrid is just demolishing everyone and there's cycles where Barcelona is a top dog. So, I, like, I think we're just stuck in a cycle where Mexico is bad. And they're really bad, and it's it's been to a point where I th- I don't think a lot of us are accustomed to seeing Mexico this bad, and the USA just happens to be good. And I think there's going to be a, 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 a in a, maybe I don't know a year or two where the USA is in a fall to the hole, and Mexico's going to you know revitalize itself. It's 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 a fluctuation, and I think uh, a lot of us tend to like overreact. 
yeah, I mean, it, it's it's about cycles, and you know, um, just like you know, there was a there was a, there was a point from like 2010 to 2019 where Mexico was just demolishing, demolishing, demolishing the U.S. We were just winning finals. We were beating them in the Gold Cup finals. We, were, you know, the the time the USA won a Gold Cup final in between that span, they beat Jamaica. So it, it's like it's like a back and forth cycle, I think. And yeah, I think there's just to, just to keep those things in mind when we talk about this because. Like I said, people tend to overreact, and USA fans are like, "No, this is how it's gonna be for the next decade," and it's and you you know in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, uh, "No, like there's gonna be a time where there's gonna be a horrible dip, and you know Mexico's coming back out on top." Yeah, well, I mean, like how Martin was saying, the I think if we have our best team, like if we had like a Chucky Lozano, Santi, and Tecatito starting as our front trio, with like maybe Alexis Vega off the bench, we we had a coach that plays all the best players and we have the best formation possible we're not losing to the u.s 3-0 like i said every single time like we'll probably win a few games so like i don't think we're that far off but that we are off like we're not we're not on their level right now but i i still think like it's there's little problems everywhere like coaching talent like we need to improve at all areas and i think three years it could be enough it could be enough time but like it needs to start now it can't be like we can't be sending one player to Europe every transfer window and then like three are coming back. And then just like, like we, we need like, we, I think we need a full 11 of like players in Europe with like three, three, four subs that like are playing at a high level in Europe. Like for instance, why are we not, I know he's not, he's not like amazing for the national team, but like, why are we not calling up Eric with the edits? Like this guy plays for PSV, plays big games for PSV, shows up in big games for PSV, scores big goals in finals for PSV. I'm like, I, I I see like I see like I see that more as a Mexico issue because when he comes over here, I feel like we don't know where to play him. Like, but like for PSB, like he thrives, but like he can't get into the Mexico like squad at all. Like, I, I think there's the problem there. So, like I think it's a mix of like getting more players in Europe and then finding out what's the best like system to get the best out of them when they come over to the national team. I, I could also just be also just knowing what players you're using for what game. I mean. Jesus Gallardo was going to get outrun by Christian Pulisic the whole game, and it's not. A, I think it's a matter of just speed and fit and physicalness, and instead, or, or sorry, Jorge Sanchez. And you know very well you could use a player like Julian Araujo instead, who who who's way who's faster than Jorge Sanchez. Um, you guys could debate, you know, how how technical, how much more technical Julian can be or Jorge can be, but like Julian's just known to be a more physical player, and that's somebody who. Christian Pulisic could struggle up against rather than like a Jorge Sanchez. I think like those things just come into factor a lot more too. I mean, the thing is also like, if we're absolutely honest, yeah, Gallardo was was uh, uh, killed by by Pulisic and well and Jorge Sanchez as well. Like, but when we've played Kevin or when we played uh, even Araujo in that position on the other side of Taga, the team doesn't look much better. Like we, like we, in, in that we need to be honest, you know, like I, I think, I think we need a system that maximizes our, our possibilities. And that means not, not letting these players exposed, but the, the reality of the, of the matter is that there will be like anyone we, we, we played there on, on, on his own will be not killed, but like, like they're better players than ours. Like in, in every, in every part of the field like we we don't have a top 20 top top 30 player in the world in any part of the field like that's that's the reality of mexico right now so uh so we need like 
something to make up for that. And uh, we we saw Gareca do it with Peru. Uh, we we saw it. Uh, Re, we saw Regragui do it with Morocco. We need something like this to to actually be competitive. We haven't had it. Like we didn't have it with Martino. We didn't have it with um, with Coca. We need it. We we need someone with a track record that with a lack of talent. Like teams win games with like hard work, hustle, like t like unity, like system. Like that, that's all they can get. Like most out of it but like when you have managers that the players clearly are not happy under them then then it's just like a recipe for disaster because one you're not talented enough and two you're not going to try as hard like or like it may be like it's just a mental thing like you're not gonna like you don't fight as hard for like someone you don't want to fight for i think i want to be honest with you i think the 2014 squad the the world cup uh from piojo Herrera's team i didn't think that team was that talented i think it was i think it was less talented than um, most of our, our last, like, whatever, we're, like, talented-wise, like, World Cup, maybe not this 2022 one, but, like, I think it was, like, I, don't, I didn't think it was that talented, but I think they, they got the most out of it, and they oh, they were they were minutes away from a quinto partido and against Costa Rica, too. I, I think they got, it, because of the coach, I think because he was, like, a fiery figure in the locker room, like, the players wanted to play for him, they did, like, the extra hard work, like, he just, like, instilled belief in them that they could be more than, than, uh, than what they actually are, and they they kind of showed that. I feel like that's the first thing we need, like as in a manager, like that type of vibe. That he'll feel he'll feel the badge, he'll feel the colors more than the players. I think it'll reciprocate down to the team. You could go back and look at different Mexico teams, like Tena with um with the Olympic gold in 2012. Like you know, you if you if you guys have ever seen that documentary, you could see his uh, halftime talk. I think it's halftime talk or his pregame talk. And you can tell, like he has everyone, every single player in that locker room, whether they're whether they're they didn't play a single minute in the Olympics, where they were starters, like they were all riled up, they were all kind of for the same cause. I think even Tuca Ferretti in 2015, like you know, got the best out of that Mexico team in that Concacaf Cup. We beat the USA in Pasadena. Um, there's just like so many examples of good managers that have been able to win the locker room, and I think like that's also part of it because even BJ Callaghan or Callaghan, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It, interim of the interim coach, and he, you get you could see that USA side was inspired. You could say they they obviously when they, they play Mexico, they're gonna play their best, you know. But you could see that they they were really you know like there's a unity there, and I think that's something that Mexico lacks 100. Like let let me tell you something, which is for me it's it's something uh, interesting and and something that is very revealing about about our players. I have the theory that we need. A coach like Mexico had have done the best when they have a coach that inspires them. Like we need a motivator in the way not not necessarily someone like uh, you know not Hugo Sanchez necessarily, but someone who motivates them in even in at least one uh, particular way. Let's 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 go back. Like we get we got Bora, you know, like this. Uh, European coach who had been very good with Pumas. He took all these Pumas players to the to the team. They like traveled for years with Vora and they became he became the friend of the players and like he was super close. Like that 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 was actually the best performance like in the history of Mexico. Then in 94 it was Mejia Barón. Well, first it was it was Menotti and everybody was like starstruck by Menotti and they played well by Menotti and they went uh, they like there was no confidence at all in our players before he came and then they went to Germany and and 
and drew with Germany there. And uh, and Menotti was like this impressive uh, figure. Then when Mejia Baron came, he was super popular, super popular. So players responded to that. La Puente, the Uber winner with Necaxa, like the one who dominated Liga MX, like they were like ready to go to war with La Puente uh, or La Puente. Then we got Ojitos Mesa, who was a disaster, who was not motivating at all. And the, 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 the team went like, and then Aguirre came and everybody loved Aguirre. Aguirre is the maximum motivator. Like, if, like that's, that's how, he, how he works. 2006, La Volpe. You still talk to those players and they're like, wow, that's the best coach I've ever had. You know, like he, he was not a motivator in the way that, yeah, you're good. No, he actually was telling them that they were shit. But that was his his way to to get the best out of them, and and he has this system, and everybody believed in the system, you know. Then 2010, disaster, until Aguirre came. Aguirre arrived, and yeah, yeah motivation. 2014, disaster, until Piojo Herrera came, and again Piojo Herrera. Yeah. Then 2018, that that this is an interesting one because the players who were under Osorio loved Osorio. Like you talk to Chicharito, and Chicharito said like. He's a genius. He's a genius. He's incredible. Vela the same. Like Vela came back to the national team and stayed uh, in uh, with with Osorio. Like there were some other players who didn't like him, but like, like him that much, like uh, Ochoa. But in general, his players like admired Osorio. It was like, wow, this this guy is telling us what's gonna happen, and it's actually it actually happens. With Martino, obviously, it didn't happen. With Coca, obviously, it didn't happen. So we need someone who can make that happen. You know, like I, for my my. Like, my hope, it's not going to happen, but I think someone like Rafa Marquez would work. Not because he's tactically good, but they're like, wow, this is Rafa. I'm going to war with him, you know? Johan Vasquez in a post-game interview with Fox uh, Deportes, or Fox Sports MX, uh, the day after the Panama, or the, the right after the Panama game, he said, even himself, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm no Rafa Marquez. So you can tell, like, there's players there that are, that are like, yeah, Rafa Marquez to me is like the epitome of like football here. And someone like Rafa Marquez, yeah, I could totally see that. And which is why I have a bit of faith in Jimmy Lozano for the Gold Cup because you guys saw how unified that Mexico team looked in Tokyo. I mean, guys like Alexis Vega and Diego Lainez doing like the salute and Cordova was just like on the run of his life. Like it was just Ochoa looked like, you know, like looked like an actual leader. I feel like Ochoa, this is a small criticism of me that I have towards Ochoa, but Ochoa on Thursday, I didn't really see any leadership from him. I, he has a captain's armband, but I, not to say that he's not a leader because I've seen him do it before, but I think Ochoa shut down ultimately on Thursday, and we need, like, you know, Ochoa to be inspired. We need, like, any of our captains to be, like, it. Uh, you know, now that Guardado's gone, just to be able to inspire that in the whole team because if you look at Ochoa you know putting his head down who else are you going to rely on it like Edson Alvarez he's not a captain but you know he loses his cool way too often I think Mexico just needs that leadership from the coach all the way through to the captains and and that's what they don't have right now 100% but I think what thing comes with the other like I'm pretty sure Ochoa wasn't inspired by Coca either you know like he was like they apparently they trained double session the day before the, the game and then they trade in the morning again. So I like I think I'm Ochoa. I like I, I put myself in in his shoes and I've been in the national team like for 20 years. And I see these and I think like fuck, are you serious? Like 
I talked to I talked to a veteran uh, player uh, who was not in this in this uh, roster, but who has been in the national team for years, and he said he told me it's gonna be a disaster, like before the game, it's gonna be a disaster. I'm happy I'm not there now because it's gonna be bad, and it was. And I I told him you were right, and he told me yeah, but I didn't I didn't think that it was going to be that bad, you know. So so not even him. So yeah, I think we all agree then. There needs to be someone that. Feels the badge is the person that the team can get behind. Because that's the first thing. Like, Mexico, right now, I think they lack talent. Like, we're a decent team. I think at our absolute best talent, like, most talented team, if we get a lucky group, we can make the round of 16 again. And maybe with a motivating coach, like, if we can, like, gel the team together, maybe a quarterfinal. Maybe. But uh, another, another thing I wanted to bring up real quick. Because I did find it interesting how my thing was saying we don't have a top 30 player at any position. That's something that has always baffled me for so long for Mexico. Like, I look at I look at countries, right? I'm like, Norway has Erling Haaland. Like, Norway's not some super, like, powerhouse. I mean, they kind of used to be, like, maybe in the 90s. But, like, they're not like a powerhouse European team. They have Erling Haaland. Like, Egypt has Mo Salah. Like, I, <laughs> like even Canada. Like Canada was nothing, and now they have our Alfonso Davies and maybe even Jonathan David. Like, like South Korea has Youngmin Sun. Like, all these guys are like top ten even at their position. So I'm, I'm like wondering, like, like why does it take Mexico so long? Like, who was our last like elite player? Maybe what Gio? Uh, no, not Gio. Um, like Trevela, was he ever top anything? Like, maybe like he had one season one great season in 2014 in spain so yeah maybe maybe chicharito like even though it was mostly a sub like maybe for a season he was like top 15 striker uh, yeah even then i'd, I'd probably say it was rafa like yeah like and that's that good, bro like mexico shouldn't be a country where like it takes us we only have one like top 20 player and top 30 player in the world like every three decades like especially when countries like i said like, how are, like, South Korea, like, Norway, and, like, Egypt, and, like, how are these countries, like, producing, like, the, these these types of talents, and, like, we can't, like, they're getting, like, Ballon d'Or nominations, and, like, maybe we'll just have a single one. Like, it, and that's another thing that just baffled me. I think we were also missing, like, a superstar. And then as far as the captains, like, you were making a point, Javi, about the captain, like, Ochoa. I've also always felt, I think your team captain can be your goalie. I think you need a captain, like, that's on the field, whether it's a central defender or a midfielder that like can like rally the team on the field and just kind of be there, like, and especially to talk to the ref or whatever, like you're not gonna have Ochoa running 50 yards on the field to talk to a ref. I don't know. I, I've I've also felt that as well. Like the problem is that we don't have uh we don't have any player now with that kind of leadership. You know, none. Like Moreno wasn't called up. Guardado retired. Herrera doesn't get called. Herrera, well, come on. Uh, yeah. like who else is there? Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Like, there's, I mean, Chicharito's not there either. So, like, those, those are the ones that will probably be the captains, but that are already past it. But, yeah, like, we don't have, I mean, the only one I could think of that's, like, has, like, a maybe, like, a warrior captain mentality or, like, the ones like Cesar Montes or Edson Alvarez. But even then, like, they showed on Thursday, they kind of just lose their head and they're just kind of part of the mess and part of the problem. Yeah, like, so... I the mango do that like a lot of changes. I mean, I'm hoping something can happen, but like just for now, just for this gold cup, it needs to start with like 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 establishing like 
like a lineup that like everybody's because I mean this is another thing that, that probably loses a locker room and a lot of players. I feel like players know who's good and who's not. Like I know I know the players are like they're like pendiente of, like of, of each other in their seasons. Like I'm pretty sure people in the locker room were like questioning like, wait, why is this guy who's like a champion in the Eredivisie on the bench? Like why is this guy who's like a starter like who's has like two seasons in the Serie A? Why is he like being on the bench? Like and that that gets to you mentally. You're like, dude, what the like like what the fuck is going on? Like, well, Johan like, Vázquez said it himself. He said I was in Liga MX. They didn't consider me. I I took a risk. Now I'm playing my livelihood out in Europe, and they still don't consider me. Yeah, but like I'm I like the, I don't think that just affects him. It affects the team, but I also feel I think I think it affects the locker room. So I think like. Like players, like I said, they're they're sacrificing, making less money out there in Europe, like taking a risk, and then they come here and then like they're getting like treated like as if they're like bench warmers in the league. Max, they're getting benched to get, for guys that they're not better, that they're way better than. And I think that gets to the, I think that gets to the rest of the guys in the locker room too. Well, they're like, oh, like I'm like, like why is this guy getting benched? And they don't want to question it, but I think they kind of had enough, especially after the Ma- the Martino era. I think they had enough, and on. That's why, like, they, they had, like, that meeting with him, like, in the locker room after the U.S. game. They didn't, they told him they didn't like his tactics. They were, why did we play so defensive? And then they told him, like, probably, like, why are these guys starting? I don't know, man. Like, it was just, like, I think we need to establish that first. Like, establish, like, we need to play. That's, that, that's like, one improvement we can do right now. That it doesn't, doesn't need anything crazy. Just play our best players. Play, like, a, like get find a formation that you can get the most best players on the field. I think that, that that would be like a huge improvement already. Yeah, I think I think uh, right now what we need to do is to, I mean, let, let's see who's the, who's the actual coach, you know, but, but at least now for the Gold Cup, I think Lozano, what, what he needs to do is to think of a system, maybe the one that he used in Tokyo, and with the players he has, use the best for that system. It doesn't matter who they are, you know, like even if, if he believes that Santi should should not be restarted, which I'm afraid he might, because if you remember he like he caught him before the 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 Olympics and he used Henry Martin the whole like the whole tournament that he was one of his best players. But even if it's that, like let's decide on the system, let's use the players and then after the goal the Gold Cup, like it's time to start it's time to start over again. Like let's find a coach. Let's find the right profile for this coach, you know, like we need the profile. It's not like you, you cannot have in a, in a shortlist, Almada and Brice, Bielsa and Coca. Like they're four completely different coaches. Like it doesn't make any sense, you know? So let's find a profile. Let's stick to that profile and then let him work. Like, yeah, we bet all our chips on that guy. Let him work. Like it, it has to be a good, it has to be a good process. Not like the one before. If we have a good process and we have, the right coach, at least the one that we think that they think it, it, it's right, then all right, we can lose. Like it can be a like a painful growth, but let's let these people work. Okay, so then boys, let's give our early predictions for our Gold Cup. Just to wrap it up, what what uh, where are we finishing? If we're champions, who are we beating? I'm gonna start with Martin. I think we're gonna win it, and essentially because. The U.S. and Canada are not bringing their best teams. Like that's, I, I think Jamaica has a good team. Like they, they, they're bringing their European stars, so so that they're gonna be difficult. Yeah, they're always dangerous. Costa Rica are gonna be dangerous. Panama have a decent team now, so I think it's not gonna be easy. But I think we're gonna win it. But if like Canada and the U.S. would 
played their best players, we wouldn't. Like we might lose the final or the semifinals. I think uh, I have Mexico versus Jamaica in the final. I think we'll probably we'll probably play end up playing in the U.S. or Canada in the semis. I, th- I think we'll beat them. Like I think um, like they're just. I mean, I, I've seen the U.S. squad. I think they're. I, I, their, their best player might be Alejandro Sendejas, to be quite honest with you. And if we can't, if Mexico's A team can't be a team where their best player is Alejandro Sendejas, then we are more like trash than I thought. But like, I, I think I think the beating them should not be a problem. Canada, Canada is is, is kind of interesting. They brought like basically because U.S. brought it. The U.S. brought a complete like C team. Like they're not like not not even the starters, not even the bench players. Like none of them. But like Canada brought like their best team possible, except for like their top four players. So like they have like the the, the the goalie, the defense, the the midfield. Yeah, but they're not very good. Like to be honest, that this Canada team are like they're not very good. They good. The the thing that they have is that they have these four players. You know, <laughs> like that that make them like yeah. But if you see the other the other players, it's like uh, people were saying they like in the World Cup. Oh yeah, Canada. And then you you saw the roster, and it was mostly MLS players. And yeah, they. It, Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, Sal Larin, all, all these, you know, but... Yeah, you take away Sal Larin, uh, uh, David, and Davies, maybe you'll stop. Uh, you know? No, I'm not going to lie. Like, that, that is a huge part of their team. I'm just saying that they were kind of like, they're interesting because I think they, they brought like their best team. It's <laughs> Canada to other Canadas that, yes, this Canada is like mind-blowing. The same thing, though. Mexico should not be losing to the U.S. They should not be losing to Canada. I think the, the biggest competition will be Jamaica. I think we're going to play them in the final. But I also don't think we can lose to Jamaica. Like, I'm saying, like, we're obligated. They might have more talent. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, they have, like, they're bringing, like, a lot of Premier League players and, like, players in, like, like good leagues. But we're going to be basically the home team. We're going to be we're gonna be basically the home team. We're going to be, um, we, we just have, like, the football, like, heritage, I guess you could say, over them. And they're, like, a, they're, they're bringing up guys that, like, they 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 weren't very good at World Cup qualifying because I don't think they're like they don't have a lot of chemistry there. So I I think we'll beat Jamaica like two one in the final or something. That's my prediction. I agree with Martin. I think we're winning the whole thing. I think actually with all of you, both of you guys, we're winning the whole thing. Let me add an extra little round of spice. Who do you guys think is the revelation player or the or, or Mexico's MVP for Gold Cup? I think it'll be Santi. I think he'll finally get his. Uh, I think it has to be Santi. I think he'll probably. Bag five plus goals or something. I don't think he's gonna be Santi because I don't think he's gonna be a starter. To be honest, I don't think so either. Really, you you think you think Jaime Lozano is gonna be the third coach in a row that does not start Santi? I think so. I think that's one of the biggest like 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 issues with the national team because he's like, for me, he's far and away like our most informed, probably best player right now. And I think that's that that's what most gets the the fans mad is that like decision like. Like not starting Santi, I I I can't see it. I personally can't see the, the third coach in a row not starting him. Yeah, the thing is, maybe there's pressure from the federation. That's a possibility to for for Santi to play. Uh, but I mean, if you remember the Tokyo games again, like he was using Henry, he wasn't using Santi at all. So I mean, of course, Santi's not the best player uh, that he was in Tokyo. Well, not in Tokyo in those times because he didn't he didn't travel. But but yeah, I I guess he he trusts Henry. I think the best player, and it's not one of my favorite players to be honest. But I I think if Mexico wins, the best player is gonna be the the MVP is gonna be Luis Chavez. Like people are gonna are gonna like him. Uh, 
but yeah, yeah, because I can't like Antuna, come on. Uh yeah, like who's gonna play on the other side? I don't know if Vega is gonna be fit by then. I don't know if Cordova I think he's out already. I think Vega is he's out already. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Cordova were, was like a bit injured too. So I think Chavez could be a good choice for, for MVP. I think uh this 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 guy's actually showed I don't I I hope he's on the Gold Cup roster. If not, I'm completely wrong. But uh he showed really good signs of brilliance against the USA despite only having like five, six minutes. But Osiel Herrera is definitely one to watch out for. He was like I I you know, my biggest uh my biggest criticism of Mexico on the wing is that literally there's no creativity. There's not a winger that you that you like, you know, he, he can attack the you know, the back line and people, you know, have to be on their toes at all time, not flat footed because you guys, I mean, we play with wing backs, supposedly Jorge Sanchez and Jesus Gallardo would just pass the ball right back to our center backs and Antuna can't center to save his life. Um and you know, the other the other wing position has just been a big question mark because of Vega's injured. But I think Ociel he wasn't scared. He took it to uh who was that who was on that side, Dest or or was it Anthony? Um he took it to them. Yeah, he took it to Anthony for a couple couple minutes. He got past he dribbled past them like twice. And I, I showed it he just wasn't scared to make those plays, you know. Um and if he could do that against, you know, USA C team and you know, all the other opponents we have, I think he'll be a, a breakout player for Mexico. He he could definitely be a breakout star. Yeah, I think people are really starting to love Ociel. Like he's just like all around like um oh okay, fine. Last one, last one, guys. What if we throw what if we throw Julia Quinones into the mix? Because I know he's he has citizenship already, right? No, I think he's in the process, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in the process. Like there was a picture that was leaked, but it was actually at Osarena. It was it was not the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So but he's he's in that process. Let's see if he continues it because like I think Coca was a good like one of the main reasons for him to to oh, want yeah. to do it. Uh, but if he does, he he'll be. I, I'm honestly really surprised that he's like never been called up by Colombia. Like Colombia has called up like like Luis Muriel. No, 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 not Luis Muriel. Uh, God, who's the one from America? I'm from. I'm drawing a blank right now. He plays for America, the forward. Uh, um, yeah, the uh, uh, Roger Martinez. Roger Martinez. Yeah, like and and Julian Quinones is ten times better than him. And they they call it Roger Martinez. Like I, I don't understand that. And not only that, like a lot of their forwards are getting old. Like Falcao, uh, Zapata, I think Muriel too. They're all like over thirty something years old. They have good players. They have Sinisterra. They have Carrascal. They have Luis Diaz. They have uh like uh, some some forwards who like are in the same level as Quinones, I think. But I also think there's something. You know, there's something there. There's something that they didn't like when he was a like a an under. 20 players, something, because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm not 100%. Gold Cup starts Sunday. Mexico kicks off against Honduras. Honduras, I think. My other country, so that's going to be interesting to watch. But Honduras, has they, they've been having a horrible, horrible time right now. They've been having some big drama there. I think, like, Albert Ellis called out Luis Palma and some other, some other, some of the other Honduran players, and then they retaliated. It's a big back and forth. They have their roster complete, but it's very inc- it's very incomplete. Uh, and then we also have Qatar. Baffled me why they're in a Gold Cup two times in a row. Uh, and who's our third opponent for for the group? Haiti. 
IT, who's actually not not that bad. I saw their roster, pretty good. So we're gonna have to see how we do against those three teams. Um, but uh, we're gonna call it wraps here. Martin, thank you so much for coming on. And as as a custom here, we are gonna have we always have our guests plug themselves in, tell them what you got going on. You know where they can find you. Well, I'm uh, on Twitter, Martin DLP. Then uh, I have my own podcast, Deselvar, Var with like like beer, like yeah, beer, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, if, if you, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll find out all the things that I do. Yeah. Make sure you guys check out Martin Desel Bar Park podcast on Twitter as well. But yeah. I, I have a, I have a great time reading Martin's tweets, <laughs> especially when he was arguing with, like he was arguing with Herc the other day or yesterday or two days ago. He got super mad at me. I don't understand why. Like we're friends. What the hell? <laughs> Shout out to Herc. Yeah. We love Herc over here. But uh, yeah, and then make sure you guys follow us as, as always, Football Asada, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, the whole nine yards, and Spotify, Apple Music, and whatever your preference of audio is. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Martin, for coming on. This was awesome, man. We hope to have you back soon. We'll see you next week with more Football Asada. Make sure you guys subscribe and follow us at Cabra FC and CabraSportsHQ.com. <laughs>